to the flag of the United States. Gather into the burned down buildings in which it falls. It cries justice and to the internet um i had to take a few weeks off i was down i was down in los angeles doing dumb shit with um scheduling my upcoming uh medical procedure or whatever so i took some time off and worked on some other projects and it was fun so i'm glad i'm back and i also real quick want to say welcome back everybody on behalf of everybody around the world we would like to welcome back our beloved mr bobby schmurda so thank you bobby schmurda round of applause Get welcome back getting, uh, after getting released from uh prison for it was like seven years so he did his time like a man and took extra time for his homeboy so he would get Instead of, I think what it was is his homie was going to get 12 years and he was going to get five years. And he was finagling the judge. And um, I think the judge said the only way he would give him anything less than 12 years. This is Bobby Schmurda's friend. Um, the only way he would get less than 12 years is if Bobby took seven years. So Bobby took two more years of prison. So his homie would go from 12 years to seven years. And I would like to um, tip my hat to, to you, sir. There isn't that much loyalty in the game. As you know, I sound really white when I say that. Pretty, pretty fucking ugh, grossly Caucasian. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. But no, the streets are cold out there. And... You know, props to Bobby Shmurda for, you know, being a real one. What can I say? Unlike, you know, these Crayola-haired fucking narcs out there who fucking babble baby gibberish into the lyrics of their, you know, albums or so shitty hit singles that are backed by millions of dollars in production, marketing, and all this shit because... Oh, this one guy, he's got, he's so controversial, he goes viral. I think, honestly, without saying the name of the name, um, we all knew who I'm talking about. And let's just say, I, I hope, and I'm pretty sure people are catching on to the bullshit he's feeding 
to the masses. You know, he's like I said, he's not. He's what's it? He's not legitimate. He's kind of fake as fuck, as they would say. You know, whatever. I wouldn't party with him. <laughs> I'm not trying to die. People want to kill this man. He's like the most disrespectful little fuck. <laughs> and then people watch him because they want to see, oh, what disrespectful? He's going to talk shit on someone's dead homie? Like, come on, man. If that's what you got to do to get record sales, like, I don't know. Lease your million dollar chain and like show people that it, it's all good. But I'm sure you're hurting inside because you ultimately know the world kind of doesn't want to f- ever fuck with you ever. <laughs> you know. What can I say? Fuck snitches. I don't fuck with narcs. I don't fuck with people who talk to feds. Like, I don't have to fucking... I can be a civilian and have that, like, morality. All these fucking influencers... I shouldn't rant about this. But fucking influencers give him a pass and think this guy's a fucking genius because, like, of what he did when he got out of jail. Like, oh, I'm going to emoji CGI a rat face on my head in my new video getting out of jail and laugh at everybody. Meanwhile... You know, there's just like, what, those a dozen fuck or more people you put in jail for well, a shitload of time. People that, you know, are known to like retaliate against like disrespect and injustices and then talk shit on dead people's friends or dead people. Uh, and these are other people that their reputation is kind of currency in the market of the music business or subgenre they they venture in, whatever. I don't fuck with that guy. Sorry. If you do, whatever. But snitches, like, aren't cool. People who talk to cops aren't cool. I'm never going to get behind that. I don't care if I'm in a gang or not. Fuck snitches, dude. You talk to cops and put people in jail. Especially when you fucking got involved and paid fucking gang members to to back you. To give yourself fucking phony fucking... Bugazi fucking credibility Fucking Peckerhead Alright I'm sorry for ranting (laughs) I don't have much to say But hey welcome back Bobby Shmurda We needed you I'm sure the world Is much different than when you left it To us and I'm just glad He's spending time with his family I hope he stays out of trouble and lives his best life With that said I'm here I'm back Welcome I have also ventured out of my home Kind of Dude, I, f- I feel fucking gross right now. Jesus Christ. It is so sunny and warm here. I thought it was fucking wintertime. Isn't it? You could never tell living where I... F- it's, and people are people have been telling me, because I've been talking to some friends who are like all over, and they're like, oh, it's so cold here. It's snowing. Oh, I fucking hate it. Oh, fuck you. You always have great weather and stuff. Dude... California's overrated, bro. It's like, yeah, it's hot, but like, I don't want to fucking be hot all the time. I could use some cold weather. What the fuck? I'm not a lizard, bro. And I would like to venture out to snowy areas and go to Northern California and stuff. But thing is, is I don't fucking, I don't do too well in cold weather. Partially because, and I know this probably sounds fucking ridiculous to everyone else but uh <laughs> i uh i don't own any pants <laughs> i haven't really if i do i probably cut them into shorts fuck pants pants are stupid 
especially if you're living down here. You don't need pants down here. I have to buy a whole new wardrobe to fucking venture out of state or I would really die. But pants, pants are stupid, dude. I fucking, I think the reason I hate pants <laughs> is it's like the last, it's like my last token that I'm clutching onto before. Uh, and I know once I give up not ever having to wear pants, it's like, all right, now I'm fully accepting adulthood. And I'm still this horribly immature man-child that looks just stupid not ever having pants. But fuck pants, dude. It's hot down here. During the winter? Think how it is during the summer. Fuck this. Also, back when I did wear pants, which was quite a while ago, like in the high school days, um, the only pants that were very, very popular were a brand known as... Um, as Jinko jeans. Yes, Jinko jeans. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're um they're fucking horribly baggy and they were shit. They'd go over your shoe, you stepped in a puddle, like throughout the day the water would travel up the pant leg and you'd be soaked. Or shit, you could get in a caught in a windstorm and they'd inflate and you'd fly off, it'd parachute off somewhere. Like But um as soon as I got out of high school and just doing the college thing or trying to the Jinko jeans were not popular oh and by the way Jinko jeans had huge back pockets you could fit a whole college book in your back pocket like I would steal college books and whatever 40 ounces and stick whatever I could in these pockets it's a great shoplifting tool but then those were not popular they were very lame and what was popular were those um skinny jeans you remember those Scene days I was not into skinny jeans man Like They're so fucking tight They're they're like Like people were literally I would see people wearing Their sister's jeans That they'd like Tear up and rehem or re-sew So they could wear them tighter I was like What the fuck (laughs) Fuck that They were just so tight on my legs It was not comfortable Like hard, hard, hard to walk in like shit you do for that much for fashion fuck that I like being comfortable <laughs> but uh yeah I, try, I tried the skinny jeans thing it was fucking torture dude I couldn't get the sizing right and they just didn't look good I look like a dork <laughs> or like some weird hardcore kid with really tight pants and um they were really tight on my thighs like my thighs are kind of fat, you know, They're, they'd hug my thighs like, ugh, gross. So then I was like, well, fuck pants. I'm not going to wear pants if they're going to get all tight and shit. Now, I, I don't even know what the, what are joggers popular now? Those look fucking weird. I tried, maybe I should try joggers. They got like, got like a sag to crotch or something. Like, I don't fucking understand fashion. So I'm just going to like... Just degrade into irrelevancy because I'm so uncool. But the fuck. Anyway, regardless. <laughs> um, so this episode, I thought I would do things just deviate away from, you know, the, the area I was headed into or the territory I was heading into in the last few episodes. They were just like. They were good and all, and people were telling me, like, oh, yeah, these last few episodes are really good. 
Um, and thank you, by the way. Love you, as always. But they were just, I was just like, God, I hate telling these stories because they're so, just like, so heroiny. They're so syringy. You're just like, ugh. Like, I can only talk about that shit for so long. I was like, God, take a fucking break from the, for all the fucking needles talk, man. So, I, over the last few weeks I was off, I recorded a series of stories that took place kind of before that era of really deep debauchery. And these were stories that were more about more innocent debauchery, you know, like, like the fast times at Richmond high kind of theme. I don't know, like, you know, high school, crazy stories where you go out and have this crazy adventure with your friends and then you get home and everyone gets home safe. No one goes to jail and everyone's like not too <laughs> hurt or badly bruised, you know, shit like that. Um, you know, before shit really went south. And so I told a lot of these stories and recorded them. I was like, all right, fuck it. These are good stories. I'm going to release them and, and just give a little palate cleanser from all the heroin talk, you know, just take a little break. We can all use a little break for heroin, can't we? I know I could. But um, the thing about these stories is they are heavily influenced with, with alcohol. Now, the thing is, I don't really like alcohol. I don't like hangovers, but I drank. Um, regardless, peer pressure's a bitch. And so the thing about telling these stories, like really crazy and epic shit happened, but their stories themselves, the, the details get insanely hazy. I tended to black out all the time um, when I was drunk, and that didn't stop me from drinking more. And it's like, you can't really stop yourself from drinking while you're in a blackout. It's like, it's like you don't even remember even like existing during these gaps and periods of time. It's almost like, your body's on autopilot and just, you know, fucking go, going through the motions, getting super fucked up while, you know, your conscious and your inner self is just taking a total snooze. So they're hard to even recollect or retell because I was just blackout drunk through this. But I did my best and there's some oh, oh, pretty good stories. Um, so with that said, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I have... Moist armpits that are gross. I need to take a shower. <laughs> um, and with that, oh, one more thing I would like to say shout out to my good friend Marcus. Um, I don't know if you remember, Marcus has probably been on the podcast like probably the most out of everyone. He's been on like four or five times. He's a good friend. Uh, we kind of lost touch a little bit when I was in rehab and stuff, but I'm I'm back up north and uh, he reached out to me and I haven't gotten back to him. So, Marcus, if you're listening, I love you, brother. And I promise to call you today after I shower my sweaty armpits off. And um, one more shout out to my buddy Vince. Hope you're doing well. Um, I don't know if you deleted your Facebook or you. I don't know. I don't know what the heck. I, don't, I haven't checked and see if you, you blocked me, but hope you're doing good, bro. Last time you were clean. So if you are, I love you. Uh, regardless of how well you're doing, even though I hope you're doing well, I love you. Hopefully I hear back from you and that you're doing good. So with that, you guys, I 
I gotta go, but I want to say to each and every one of you that I love you so very much. No shit. Um, I'm sorry I'm being kind of distant from social media and everything, but you know, maintaining sanity is probably the most important thing at this point in my life. So, you know, we all do what we have to do. And regardless, I love you all and I'm out. And with all of that, I would just like to say um, peace, love, and all of the, of the above. Also, real quick, shout out to Bailey for the message. Uh, peace, love, all the above. Okay, so this story um, took place way back when I worked for the CCC, which, you know, stands for the California Conservation Corps. Um, you might be familiar with it or might not. I don't, I don't know if each state has a conservation corps, like the Michigan Conservation Corps. I don't really know. But the California Conservation Corps is it's just a fucking sinkhole of a job that <clears throat> I somehow landed myself in. Um, I mean, this is way back when I, I, th I think way back then I, um, well, I was doing the college thing and giving it a try. But to be honest, I was, uh, <laughs> I was just partying and selling drugs um, and just doing Get, I was getting decent grades in the subjects that I cared about, like sound engineering, music recording and shit like that. But like, I think I flunked out of U.S. history like like three or four times, all because just I hated the fucking teachers. As soon as you got into your political preference or something, I just tapped out. I was like, dude, when are we going to get into the CIA operations and, you know, some fucked up shit, you know? But never happened, so I, I tuned out and just flunked out of that class because I would be so stoned before I even went into the class. But um, I was just floating around there, that scene, and my friend had recently uh, signed up for the Conservation Corps, and he was uh, stationed way up north, like in the mi in the middle of the fucking cuts and just deep in the forest, and he was just running chainsaw, dropping giant redwood trees practically and <clears throat> getting paid. And for some fucked up reason, I thought, Hey, I should do that. <laughs> I think mainly because my, the main selling point was, all right, I'll get, um, like a $10,000 scholarship after I work there for a year. And, uh, you know, I'll have money I can play around with and flip and make into more money and not have to use like student loans to do that and have to pay that back. So I was like, okay, whatever I, if, and I think a, a little bit of ego in me was like, all right, well, if you can fucking do it then I can fucking do it. So that's what I'm going to do. I don't know why that competitive nature was so rambunctious in me, but, um, yeah. So I, I signed up and 
my buddy who was also working for the conservation corps, he was way up north. But the only two satellites in my area, and the satellite was like, you know, like a station, like a base camp or whatever the fuck. They called them satellites. There were two. There was one in San Luis Obispo, and there was one in Santa Maria. Now, the 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 satellite in San Luis Obispo, there, there ha- was... To work there, you had to be on site, which means you basically live live there, and then you wake up and go to work, and you go back to where they let you live, basically. But they charge, I think they, they take like $250 out a month for room and board, and I think they provide food um, somewhat. I'm not sure, but I didn't choose that one. I went to the satellite in Santa Maria because you can live off-site and you don't get room and board and all that shit taken out of your check. Um, Because I lived in the area and I was like, fuck that, I want more money. Now, to be in the CCC, as they would say, um, you had to do two weeks of training and that was on their, their base, which... At that time, the only one around me was in San Luis Obispo, so I basically had to be had to stay and live there for two weeks. And mind you, I forgot to mention this satellite for the Conservation Corps is is stationed in a military base in San Luis Obispo. So I was just like, you know, they treat you like you're in boot camp, you know, so you wake up, fuck, I'd get there, you'd wake up at 6 or 5 a.m. or some bullshit where it's still dark out, and you're in the cold outside um, doing PT, like physical training for an hour, and they just work the shit out of you doing PT, and you, you know, you do, you have breakfast, and then you have, you have an hour to, like, clean up your your bunks and all that shit is almost like jail. It's fucked. So you uh, you do PT in the morning, like early as fuck. You have breakfast, and after breakfast you would have um, like an hour to clean your bunk, and you have to clean the bathroom and clean your living area. Um, and then they would inspect it, you know, uh, like one of the I don't know lieutenants or whatever they. <laughs> They they lived in the the building with us, and so you know you couldn't get away with shit basically. But they'd inspect your bunks, and then you'd have to um, if you if they were if you passed inspection, then you'd go off and you know you do a bunch of like tool training and safety training and um, all this shit, learning how to properly use all these tools that you would be using while you were employed. I mean. The Conservation Corps did had a lot of contracts with, um, with like California state parks all over there, and um, and like Caltrans. So we, if we weren't working on the side of the freeway, just doing dumb bullshit, we'd be, you know, doing weird shit for Caltrans, or we'd be in state parks all over, um doing just all this random shit. Uh, I eventually got like chain trained on chainsaw. And so I would drop these giant trees with the chainsaw and, um, 
and you know I'd make all my minions like carry the the branches and the brush to like a wood chipper or we'd do like we'd we work on the beach with state parks and put up um put up fence in the dunes to protect like uh what was it it was like the snowy plover bird because they were endangered and they lay their eggs in the sand and all the fuckheads from uh, like I don't know from Bakersfield would come over and ride their ATVs and um it would crush the eggs under the sands and kill all the offspring of the snowy plover. So we'd have to fence off areas so they could, their population could still not like still maintain and try and make them not endangered. And just all this random shit, you know, um, just, but mainly we were out in the middle of the cuts working. But like I said, before that, we're doing training and they're just training us with all these tools like, Oh, you could injure yourself if you do this, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I think once we, we had to do like a, we had to watch videos about drugs, (laughs) which was like most of the people joining the conservation Corps. I mean, I'm in my, fuck, I'm in my early twenties. I'm like barely 21 maybe. And, um, and there, and all the people that came into work at this place are all like kind of druggies, party people. I mean, I'm fuck, probably not as bad as I turned out to be, but <laughs> we're all just a bunch of fuckheads. So we're planning on partying eventually. Um, but for right now it's military, like strict discipline. You're forced to just run for miles. Uh, but we watched this drug video. And, uh, I swear to God, this one, this one dude was like in jail and he said he was fucking, uh, dope sick and he was fiending out so bad that he fucking injected his own piss cause he thought there was heroin like metabolites in it. So, I mean, don't shoot up your piss out there. Don't get ideas. Just disclaimer. But yeah, so we watched shit like that and. I mean, everyone or who I had to do, it was called Comet Training. I don't know why the fuck they called it that. This is like glorified Boy Scout shit, basically. Um, but pretty much everyone around there that I got to know, they're all from all of these different areas. There's this guy named like Spicoli. His nickname was Spicoli. He was from like Catalina Island and people who came all over to just, I don't know, get a scholarship and work. But, you know... They, it's not as intense as like joining the, the army or anything, but you get a scholarship. So, um, anyway, I fucking, everyone there kind of knew that I was like the local, like druggy party kid. So I jailed well with a bunch of people, but God damn, it was like, it was like full metal jacket shit. Like there's some psychopaths there. And uh, this one dude would snore in his sleep and everyone hated him. And if he wouldn't stop snoring at night, people would like punch him in his sleep. Some dude wiped his ass with his pillow so he'd sleep on fucking a fucking ass wiped pillow, I guess. And I fuck we were the dude was hoping he got brown eye. But I don't think he ever got brown eye or, or what do you get? Pink eye, <laughs> brown eye, pink eye. It's it's. It's basically, it's basically brown eye, but <laughs> you never got it. But <clears throat> I remember like, it, it just sucked. Like after a week in there, 
on the for the weekend to give us a break, they gave us these steel-toed boots like we had to work in. And to break them in, they made us hike up each day, hike up a giant mountain to break in our boots. It was so fucked. Like we hiked for on a Saturday, we hiked up Madonna Mountain. And then on a Sunday, we hiked up Bishop's Peak. And the, I mean, anyone who knows, like, those are fucking gnarly hiking trails. Mount, Madonna Mountain, not as much. Bishop's Peak is a fucking brutal. And brand new, brand new steel toed boots, man. My feet were blistered after that. But anyway, <laughs> we bas- I basically got through the training, you know. Thank God, I almost was like, fuck this. I, I hate this place. And, uh, I got out and I went and I got off the satellite and I went to work in Santa Maria. And so thank God I got, I got to escape, but everyone who was like signed up to um, be stationed at in San Luis Obispo, they had to just go from uh, the Comet training building to like the normal quarters. And then you just live in this shitty room with bunks with people in your room. It was, I felt bad for him. I was like, fuck that. Um, but I was still friends with him and I knew him, whatever we, uh, would party. So on this particular day, I believe Spicoli hits me up and, um, he fucking, he was like, yeah, let's go, go drink somewhere, show some cool beaches. Cause they're like, you know, central coast, five cities, there's just nothing but secret beaches everywhere. So I know of a secret beach. Uh, I was like, yeah, I know the perfect place. Let's go. It was called um, the Irie spot. That was the, it's actually not really called the Irie spot, but that's what the local scene of, you know, a fucking hooligan kids like us uh, called it. And uh, it was right. It was like a secret beach that was right around the, the cove of this place. And it was called Pirate's Cove. And Pirate <laughs> Pirate's Cove is like a nude beach. But it's not like a it's it's not that great of a nude beach. Like I would go there. <laughs> like I would go there like in high school with like one of my girlfriends and stuff. And we'd be, you know, it's cool because it's far enough down this trail and you can, you know, cops don't come come there, so you can kind of smoke pot and drink and you know, you'd not be bothered. But it's a nude beach and most of the people there that are nude are just old men. Like it's, it's weird. It's a creepy, it's a creepy fucking beach. I don't know. It's cool. Like there's, there's cool trails and like this cool cliff you go to and stuff and, and, and party out, you know, out in nature or whatever. But like I would go there and be drinking. <laughs> I was so stupid. I was so young and too, but I'd be drinking like Captain Morgan's with my girlfriend and a few other friends. And, uh, there'd be like a a bunch of old dudes in a circle and they'd all be naked. It's like, what are you guys in a circle for? Like, what are you going to play hacky sack or something? Like what? And you're naked. It's weird. It's not like attractive naked people there. (laughs) And then like other weird shit would be, would happen there. I'd be like up in the parking lot on the cliff and I'd see people like off the trail with, like tripod cameras, like <laughs> snapping photos of naked people, like ugly, uh, unattractive naked people. And this guy's got, what are you going to use those negatives for, man? 
Like, I... It's, ugh, it's weird. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, but around to the left, there was a secret beach, and you couldn't get there from uh, Pirate's Cove. Usually, you couldn't because it's like high, you know, the tide is high enough where you can't... Unless you swim around, you're not getting to this secret little area. And so the way we were able to get to it, there's a, a cliff that you have to hop this fence to get to, but there's like a big, um, I don't know, like a big waste sewage kind of pipe that goes down. And it's like reinforced with a bunch of metal and cement like in the ground. And tied to that, to tied one of the, to one of the metal bars was this giant fucking rope. And you would have to climb down this cliff with the and use the rope because you were not going to be able to climb down this thing um, without it. <clears throat> it was like straight down, you know, and if you fell, you're getting fucked up. So but when you're young, you you do crazy shit. You don't care. So um, that was Irie spot. And I, you know, we'd, I'd be down there with my friends all the time back in the day, you know, drinking, smoking weed. So I was like, yeah, let's go there. It's a place we won't be bothered by police because that's the last thing you need when anytime you never need to really, I mean, I don't think I've ever once needed police to help me with anything useless. Sorry, police out there. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, so I swoop up a few of my friends from, the, con- the the San Luis Obispo Conservation Corps satellite or whatever. <clears throat> and even though it's on a military base, there's a way to access it without actually having to go through the military base because, um, you know, to get into a military base, it's hard as fuck. It's like there's it's fenced off and there's guards at the front of the gate and they question you and uh, allow you access or clearance into the base. But... If you're just some schmuck or nobody, you're not getting in. And they're, you know, they have the authority to, f- you know, fuck you over. So, um, but in the back of the base was the state, the satellite. And you could get, and it, it was kind of, it wasn't like fenced off. Like, but the area of the base that it was next to was fenced off. So you couldn't get into that part of the base. So, um, fucking, and this base is also next to, a college like the local community college in San Luis Obispo. It's right next to this military base. So anyway, I go there and I swoop up. Um, I swoop up my friends and it was, it was that guy, that weird guy Spicoli who lived on cat. He was from like born and raised on Catalina Island, which if you don't know, Catalina Island's a small fucking Island. And people don't really have cars there, he would tell me. He'd tell me people had, like, golf carts because it was so small. You'd ride around dirt trails, and he had a golf cart with, like, a fucking sound system in it. He's kind of a a weird dude. Like, who lived that life? Not me, but it was him and then a few other people. I don't even remember these fucks' names, but there was a dude who I got into producing uh, beats with. On He used a software called Reason that's so popular, I guess, with the crowd now, but, um, it was him, it was him. And then like this girl that I, that was pretty cute, kind of had a crush on her, but she ended up dating another dude that was in our, uh, whatever comet training. And so it was her and him. And they were like boyfriend, girlfriend. So I think it was like the four of us. 
because that you know I only had, my car only fit five. So when you have when you have a car full of people, uh, they it's like to make that decision to like add a fifth person to sit a bitch in the back. It's, I mean, whatever it's called, bitch seat. But I've always always drove a car, so I didn't have that like I didn't have that misfortune of having to sit in the middle in the back, but it's a sacrifice for everyone else. Cause if you're sitting in the back and you're squished up in the back, you're like, Oh, let's exclude so-and-so. So I think it was <laughs> to save our leg room. But anyway, <laughs> if like, come on, who out there knows what I'm talking about, please. It's like, do I hang out with three of my friends and if I have to sit in the back seat, then whatever, I'm a little more comfortable. Or do I add the fifth friend and like be cramped up in the back? Like, what does he add to the table that I have to be, you know, lose my <laughs> leg room for? I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> so it was just the four of us and we go, I pick them up, we go, we buy alcohol. I must have been 21 because we had alcohol. It wasn't that. No, wait. Okay. No, I wasn't 21 because I specifically remember hitting up my friend Reza, DJ Reza, who taught me how to DJ and all that crazy shit. Um, I hit him up and I was like, dude, buy us alcohol because <laughs> I wasn't 21 yet. And he was at work at this car dealership I'd eventually come and work at, but didn't at the time because I was working for the Conservation Corps. But... I go over there, he buys this alcohol on his, like, 10-minute break from work. And so I'm like, all right, cool. So it's like 12 o'clock, we go to this secret beach at the Irie spot, and we're drinking. It's all it is peaceful, you know. I have weed, and I smoke weed, you know. It's a pretty chill day. Um, and we smoke, you know, it's like, you're 20, and it's like, we smoke cigarettes and fucking... <laughs> drank and smoked weed and thought that was like so edgy. So we do that and we're, I got, I'm drinking like tall cans and forties cause I'm still in this like 16 year old mentality that you have to drink a 40 in the alleyway and then like, so you're not caught or whatever. But, um, so we're, we're doing that and just drinking beer and we're there for a few hours and you know, there's weirdos around the edge and stuff like at Pirates Cove but we eventually leave and we get the, the Spicoli gets it in his head. Like let's rent a hotel, which was weird to me because they had to be back at the base. They had like a curfew, you know? And if you don't go back to your quarters at, by a certain time at night, the fences are closed and they, they can't get in and blah, 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 blah. So, um, we get this, I was just, I, but I was buzzed. I was like, whatever, fuck it. So we get this hotel and we start drinking more because we still had alcohol. So we're at some stupid fucking hotel in San Luis. I don't even remember which one. Like, I don't think I've ever even had a room at this hotel before. They just picked it and we're drinking and it's getting late, like, like past their curfew. And I was like, well, fuck, you know, you guys, I should get to dropping you off so you don't get in trouble. And so for some reason they are like extra paranoid because you don't want to get caught drunk and you don't want to get caught stoned when you get back to base. Cause they will, 
you know, drug test you and you'll face like a reprimand. It could even be that you're fired or kicked out. So they're all scared and shit. And I'm just like, all right, we'll do whatever you need to do to prepare yourself. Cause I'm leaving. I'm getting rid of you. I'm spending that, this hotel on the floor. <laughs> it's a one bedroom. So <clears throat> they're all trying to like, you know, get gum and fucking, <laughs> uh, like cologne or something to cover up the smell, I guess, you know, shit you have to do when you're at that age. And so we drive back to the military base kind of, but where mainly where the satellite is, but to get through there, you have to get into the base. So, because what ended up happening is they took so long getting ready that we ran out of time. So by the time we got back, the, uh, it was like 15 minutes past their curfew and their gate was closed. We couldn't get into the satellite. So they're like, all right, well shit. Now we have to try and go through the front gate and then go around the front way to get there and then get dropped off. So I, I, and at the time, like I stopped drinking hours ago you know, I, I felt it was like a little buzz. I was more stoned. I was like, I, I smoked. I was like, my men, my mentality at the time was like, if I smoke enough weed, then I won't feel as drunk as I am. Uh, and that'll like balance me out back to sobriety. You know, s- stupid, stupid fucking like theory of mine. But at a st- an idiot 20 year old I was. So... You know, I eat their gum and stuff, and we're, we drive to the front gate after the finding out the other one's closed. So basically, we go to this front gate. Oh my god! And who approaches us are two like army dudes. It's front of a military base. You know, they have like weird berets, and you know, they're dressed in their army gear. And I and I'm pretty sure they have guns. You know, I have to protect the fucking base at all times. So I'm telling him, look, uh, my friends, I'm just trying to get to the, you know, conservation core satellite and blah, blah, blah. And they start asking me all these questions and um, they ask if we'd been drinking. So right then I was like, well, fuck, you know, they definitely smell alcohol. Why else would they ask me that? So I'm getting nervous, but I'm like trying to remain cool. I lie at first. No, I've been drinking, blah, blah, blah. And so then the interrogation process begins. Um, and basically they interrogate me fucking hard. I mean, this is, these are military dudes. They kind of know how to do the, the fuck with people and get, get information out of them. So they're giving me a choice. They basically said, look, if you tell me you've been drinking and you're not too drunk, everything's good. But if you lie, we're just going to get the cops out of here and then they'll figure out if you're drunk or not. So at this point I'm, I'm presented with these two choices and obviously I'm going to have to come clean because the last thing I fucking want is for the cops to come and, and inspect my sobriety or lack thereof. I'm like, no, fuck that. I was like, yes, we had a few beers. 
I'm just here to drop my friends off. I was just, they asked for a ride and I'm giving it to them. So when I told the, these military dudes that they, before they were under the impression that I also lived and was stationed on the base, but once they realized I didn't live there and I was just giving them a ride, I refrained from telling them I also worked for the Conservation Corps because the last thing I need is them to link up and have the, you know, some like some kind of word, you know, spread over to my satellite that I've been drinking and driving and blah, blah, blah. Last thing I need. So I didn't tell them that. I just, just told them that I'm dropping them off. So they're like, oh, so you're just this dude that was nicely dropping off people at the base who needed a ride. And I'm like, yes, that's all I'm doing. And they're like, oh, wow, okay. So they just think I'm some regular dude, right? Kind Samaritan, whatever. So basically what ends up happening is they they give me a field sobriety test. So they're like, all right, we're going to test you for alcohol. And then we'll determine how drunk you are. So they get me out of the car and these are young fucking military dudes, a little older than me could definitely kick my ass. So I'm complying all the way. I'm like, dude, I, but I'm not, I don't care. I'd rather take an ass beating than go to jail any day. So basically, um, I have to do this dumb shit. They make me put my fingers to my nose, like all that dumb shit that they, they think is like, all right, these are good tests to determine your, if you're drunk or not. And I, I passed with flying colors. I was like spot on. I remember getting back in and, and my friends were like, you did so good, man. Cause they were like watching me from the car. I was like, Oh fuck. Is he going to like stumble? And like, and then he's fucked, you know, get in a fight with them. Cause he knows he's getting fucked. So then they let me back to the car and they're like, all right, this is what we're going to let you do. Um, we're not going to call the cops. We're going to let you drop off your friends. We'll let you in to drop off your friends. But you've already admitted you've been drinking. And so we cannot let you drive home. But what we will let you do is we will let you park your car inside the fence right here in the front, inside the base. And we'll let you walk to fucking the satellite that like quarters for the Conservation Corps and then you spend the night and then in the morning you get go back and get your car and drive home sober, not under the influence of alcohol, obviously. And they're like, but if you try and sneak out and get your car, I will know. Also, it's inside the gate, so you can't go anywhere. But if I try, if I catch you trying to sneak out, I will call the cops and you will go to jail. So... At that point, I'm more than willing to compromise, right? I'm like, all right, cool. I'll so they they they, they allow us through the gate. They let us park my car right there at the front. And they're like, "We get off. We're we're doing the night shift. The next morning shift comes at 6 a.m. So you have to at 6 a.m. you're going to have to tell the fucking um you know, the new shift the the situation and then you know, they'll let you leave with your car. And so I'm like, all right, cool. So we park, you know, cars parked and we have to, at night in this military base, basically, you know, crossfaded, drunk and stoned. We're tiptoeing through this base while all these army other dudes are asleep to get to fucking, um, 
to get to the satellite. So they're stoked. They're like, oh, you know, Unc, you did such a good job. You know, thank God. You know, thank you for, you know, playing it so cool and getting us back so we don't get in trouble. And I'm like, what? At this point, I'm like, whatever, man. I'm fucking drunk and I'm spending the night in a military base, the last place I want to be. So, um, I, we get back to their little like living quarters and now the female we're with, she had different quarters you know, the males and females separated or whatever. So she lived in the building with the women and she had to sneak in there without getting noticed or in trouble. And, And I don't know how catty or gossipy you women are out there. You know, maybe they had a code of silence. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? Uh, so she had to be real sneaky about it. And the dudes were pretty chill in those quarters. So the dude who was, God, I hate, I think his name, I don't know his fucking name. I'm not going to even fucking guess. But the guy who was dating this girl, he was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to spend the night with my girl in her bed. Okay. Like, I don't know how he got away with that shit. I was like, whatever. He's like, so you can just crash on my bed, you know, cause there isn't a bed for me to crash out on. Like I knew, I thought I was going to have to sleep on the floor. So I was like, yeah, sweet. So I go sleep on his fucking and go in his fucking sneak in the building. Everyone's all fucking passed out and they get in, they crash, they quietly get in bed and crash out. And I just, I'm fucking drunk. I'm pretty drunk. Not gonna lie, I don't drink that often. <laughs> so I fucking I crash out on this bed, but I'm still trying to stay kind of awake because like, dude, I don't want to sleep in late and then wake up to you know getting caught by fucking the fucking the people higher rank than me, you know. Um, and then whatever they'll tell fucking tell my boss or fuck that. So. I set like a, like a, a silent, not a silent, like kind of a low, low volume alarm or whatever for six. Cause I want to get the fuck out of there as early as possible. Now, and this is the weekend. So they don't have work the next day. I was like, all right, sweet. Um, so I don't, needless to say, I don't sleep that well. <laughs> and usually when you're drunk, you can sleep pretty good, but, uh, I was paranoid. I was like, fuck, dude, I'm sleeping on a military base, trying not to get caught or in trouble. So 6 a.m. hits, and the sun hasn't quite come up. It's like still kind of dark, but kind of like just starting. Like it, the sun hasn't come over the horizon or whatever, so it's not, not bright, but it's like really just still a little dark in the morning. And so my alarm goes off, and I'm like, all right, I have to sneak out of here. Like, I'm getting my car. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And, uh, I go out of the building and I walk to where the direction I, we, my car is, and I'm still in the base, mind you. So I'm under the impression all the gates are still open and close the way they are, but there's all these other gates everywhere in these different sections and they open them, close them at certain times. So now as I'm walking, um, off site, or as I'm walking towards to where my car should be in this direction, there's a closed locked fence in front of me. And so I'm like, well, fuck my life, dude. How am I going to get my car? And I'm so my dumb ass is like, dude, I'm about to hop this fence and fucking get to my car. So I'm standing there looking at it, 
it's a fucking like it's a hot it's a tall ass fence it's really fucking tall i don't know if there's razor wire on it or not maybe barbed wire i don't know but i'm like looking at i'm sizing up this fence right <laughs> i'm like dude i'm got my keys i'm getting to getting to my fucking car <clears throat> fuck this shit and as i'm sizing up this fence on the other side of it a fucking Another army dude walks up to me. He what? He's got full fucking camo and M like whatever. What do they carry? Salt? What kind of salt rifle do they have? Like M six? Not M sixteen. Maybe it is M sixteen. I don't know. I don't know that much about guns. It's a fucking rifle. Military issue. And so he's walking up. He's like, "Hey, bud, what are you? What are you doing?" And I'm like, ugh, I'm like, kind of hungover, still a little drunk, and I'm like, well. I explained to him what's going on. I'm like, dude, my car is at on the other side of this fence. I had to spend the night here and get it the next day. So I'm trying to get it. And he's like, okay, well, here's the thing. If you try to uh, hop this fence, you know, PC these guard towers, there's people there will probably shoot you. You know, that's what we're ordered to do is just shoot people who, <laughs> who trespass on military property. And my stupid idiot, young, dumbass didn't really think about that. But I was just like, dude, get me out of here. So I'm like, well, what, well, what the hell do I do, man? How do I get my car? And he's like, all right, well, you're going to have to go around. I have to go back from where you came and then walk offsite from the San Luis Obispo satellite for the conservation Corps. Cause, but at that point they, their gates had opened apparently all these gates opening and closing. It's, it's fucking trap, dude. <laughs> and so, He's like, you're gonna have to walk off site, walk towards the college to the front of highway one, because this base and the college and even the, there's a jail and a uh, prison all on highway one. So it's like when you're driving from uh, San Luis Obispo to Morro Bay on highway one, you pass the jail, you pass the prison, then you pass the military base and then you pass the college It's pretty sketch. So I'm like, dude, you're, I'm going to have to walk alongside highway one from quest from quest to college, San Luis Obispo to the front of the military gates. Are you fucking serious? And the, this is a sketch ass, uh, highway, mind you, um, where they, it's it kind of, it's basically illegal to walk on the side of that freeway. Main reason being is, you know, up the road or whatever there's, um, there's the jail and one day they released one of the, they put someone in the drunk tank or something like that. Some dude was in jail. They had released him at, at night at like one at night or, or 12 or one, because technically that's the next day. So they could release him because that's the day of his release. So, you know, they process him out and he gets out, but there's no bus for him to like wait for or anything that's at the jail. Cause it's so late. This dude ends up walking back to San Luis Obispo on highway one, which is dark as fuck in the middle of nowhere and dangerous as fuck. And someone had apparently who was driving had had accidentally hit and, and killed him. So ever since then <clears throat> they wouldn't release inmates that late they wouldn't let the people aren't allowed to like walk on that free uh, highway um at the time there was even no like cement the divider from each uh 
lane going either direction so you could swerve into oncoming traffic. It was fucked up. It was very sketch. Um, and I'm like, dude, I have to, I have to fucking walk on Highway 1 at like 6.15 in the morning. He's like, that's your only option, bro. And I'm like, well, God damn it. I guess that's what I have to fucking do because I need my fucking car to get home from San Luis Obispo. Because, I mean, out there, it's a walk to get back. It's a long stretch of walking, long stretch uh, to get back into town. And even then, I lived in Arroyo Grande, so that's even crazier of a walk. So I'm like, I'm getting in my car because it'll take all day to get fucking back into town. So now I, I trudge it back to the satellite and I go out the fucking gate that's open finally this morning. And then I go, I'm in the back of whatever the college and I walk to um, the front, right, which is right on the side of Highway 1. Now I'm walking down Highway fucking 1 towards the fucking military base front gates to get my fucking car. <laughs> Cursing a lot. Uh, and while I'm fucking walking, like slightly buzzed and hungover, this is like that period where you go from drunk and get, start to get a headache and you're like, oh, I'm not going to feel good today. This sucks. Um, uh, some dude pulls up who's driving. He pulls over his car on the side of highway one. And I'm like, Oh, shh. It's like, cool. I was like, I wasn't hitchhiking. Didn't have my thumb out or anything, but I, I walk up to his car. So, and I, you know, I'm kind of sketch cause who the fuck is this guy? And uh, it's it's just some dude going to work. He, and he's like, he's this Hispanic dude. He's like, hey, get in. I'll, I'll give you a ride. I'm like, well, dude, I'm only I'm only walking to the mil military base where my car is. You know, it's not a big deal. And he's like, no, no, I'm, we're good. We're fucking good. He's like, get in. And uh, I, I guess there was like a communication like lack thereof because I'm like, dude, it's, it's not that bad. And he's like, no, no, get in, get in. So... My fucking idiot ass gets in. He could have been a fucking serial killer for all I care, but usually, I don't know. Are serial killers up that early? I don't know. I don't know. I should you know, do some research. Google that shit. But uh, um, he drives me, and like with within like minutes, we're at the front of the military base. I'm like, yeah, just pull me here and drop me off. And I start to undo my belt to get out of the car. Well, as I do so, the new dude's are on station at the fucking base and they don't know who the fuck I am. And they pull up and they practically point their fucking rifles at us. Like, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? Get back in your car. And I'm like, bro, no, that's <laughs> I'm at this point. I'm awake. That was my cup of coffee. I'm like, no dude, it's cool. It's cool. And he's like, well, what's your business pulling up right here? I'm like, this guy's giving me a ride to, to where my car is. And I, have to explain the fucking story and situation all over again. Explain to these guys. I talked to the fucking people in shift four. They told me to park it there and spend the night, blah, blah, blah and get in the morning. And so they ver they literally have to send a third person over to the quarters where these dudes are had already, you know, went to bed. I mean, they've been up all night, waking up and telling them the story because they didn't, you know, relay this information. And they go and they're like, yeah, yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Let him get his car. And they're like, all right, you got the keys. And I show them like, yeah, these are the keys to that car. And they're like, all right, we're going to let you. <laughs> After having fucking guns pointed at me and being threatened to get shot, trying to fucking mission impossible my way back to my car. After drinking and, and not getting caught. Oh, 
Love how I didn't get caught. Thank God. Um, but they are like, yeah, all right, get your car. We're going to let you drive back through. And they quit. And while they're questioning me and allowing me back, they're questioning these, these, this other dude's questioning the fuck out of this guy who like didn't speak the best English to me. And I'm just like, oh, why are you fucking with him? Dude? He's just, he picked me up on the side of the freeway. Well, I had to walk all the way fucking around to get my car. Jesus. <laughs> and so, end of the story, I fucking get my car and drive home somehow. And I get all the way home. It's still early as fuck. I think it was like 6.55. I don't know. Maybe like 7.15. I somehow get in, get back to my house, and I fucking crawl in bed and I crash the fuck out. And I don't know. I don't know how I didn't get in trouble by anybody. But I did. It was pretty cool. And so I worked at the fucking... I worked at the Conservation Corps for like another year. I don't think I ever dr- did some crazy drinking with my friends in San Luis after that. I was like, no, dude, I'm fucking laying low. I had a pretty steady Vicodin addiction during that time. So anytime I could get Vicodin, I'm just fucking just guzzling them down. And uh, I think towards the end, I, I started just calling in sick enough times to where I was on like an academic prob- probation. Not academic, on a probation for attendance. So I called in sick another time I I was going to get fired. But then I was just like, all right, I could pop out like these five Vicodins and call in sick or I could go into work. But I could get high and just risk it all. And I chose Vicodins. Eventually they let me go. So I didn't exactly get to that scholarship that they offer, which is pretty fucked. And they, I mean, they don't fucking pay you well at these jobs. It was, so, it was, they pay you once a month. So it was like a little over a thousand dollars a month. It was shit. Even back then it was fucked. And, um, you know, if you die, uh, while on the job, they only have, their insurance only pays the family out like $5,000. Which is like what? That's like a, a casket. That's how much you can afford. You, you, we'll, we'll buy your casket for you. And like people would die working for, for the Conservation Corps. We worked on the side of dangerous freeways, doing all kinds of fucked shit. And um, you know, you could get hit by a car on the freeway. This some dude that my friend worked close to up north. He got uh, he they dropped a ch- giant tree and it fell on him and crushed him to death. Like. See, I mean, it was dangerous work. Like when I was learning how to run chainsaw and getting trained for that, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm about to drop this tree. That's like on a hill. It's like on an incline. So I'm like, you know, I, I was, I'm trained to whatever, drop a tree and I'm working with this girl. Her name was, her name was Leslie. She was hardcore lesbian and, uh, she was a rank above me. Right. So she, uh, it, it, it's it's so much like Boy Scouts, but just like slave labor. <laughs> so fucked. But um, because you're doing this, you're helping state parks and Caltrans. They get paid a shit ton more than you, but you're not certified. Um, So you just do like all the grunt bitch work. And, um, you know, the lowest ranks like a blue hat and then the green hat and then a red hat. And I got offered green hat, but I was like, no, fuck that, dude. I don't need any of I don't need to be everyone's boss and them like resenting me. Fuck that. So, but I was like, I'm good with chainsaw. I can go off and saw shit up. So one day we're at this park in Santa Maria, 
which is notorious. <laughs> this park is notoriously known for drug deals and gang activity and people run away in this park because there's all these trees and they can hide out where all these trees are and get away. So they, they had a commission or whatever, a deal with like the, the county or whatever, um, and the police department, and they're like, we want these certain trees cut down so we can see through the taller trees better and see where these people are always running away to, or if someone's hiding, we can find them. Cause there's a lot of sketchy shit going on in this park. You know, um, there, I'm not going to name gangs, but the, yeah, Santa Maria is pretty gang active. Um, anyway, so I'm here in this park during the day and I'm like, I'm about to cut this giant tree down on a hill. And this was her Leslie, the, this, this just hardcore lesbian is like trying to tell me what to do. And I'm like, all right, we, I'm sizing up this tree. You know, I got like a two foot bar on my chainsaw or whatever. And I'm like, all right, we're going to put the pie cut facing the, the slope, the downward incline. Cause gravity weight, it's going to either way, it's going to fall downhill and she was like no no there's like all see all these overhead branches and they're on the up of the incline and i'm like i'm like leslie those branches don't weigh shit compared to the base of this giant fucking tree if you put the pie cut facing uphill it's still gonna fall downhill <laughs> idiot and she's like no 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 put the pie cut on the uphill uh, and so i'm like all right leslie kill us all, I guess, whatever. There's, I fucking make the pie cut in trees. If, if anyone who's never dropped a tree, obviously you don't need to be trained, but you make a pie cut. And then you, while you're making the back cut, it falls towards the direction of the pie cut. Hopefully if you do the pie cut in the best position. So I make this, this dope ass. I was, I was dope with chainsaw. Fuck. That shit was dangerous as fuck. And it like gave me an adrenaline rush. And like, I know it's bad destroying trees and shit, but fuck. It's like shooting a gun. It's exhilarating. Like run a chainsaw once, cut a tree down. Not everybody because we need them. But so I make this pie cut, right? Direction facing uphill. I'm like, this, this, this is going to turn out bad, but I'll do it just to show you, Leslie, how wrong you are. Like it's fucking gravity, dude. What the f So then I make the back cut on the opposite side of the pie cut facing, you know, it's facing downhill, but I do a 45 down the pie cut. Right. And so I'm hearing the fucking wood start to crack and it's like, so I, before I even make my, my full back cut, I'm looking at the top of the tree. I'm like, dude, this shit's going to fall downhill. Probably who knows? Like, cause if it cracks, it could, who knows what crazy shit can happen when you fucking cut a tree down the wrong way. So I pop up my lock, I pop my wrist up and there's a little lock that locks the blade from spinning anymore. So I lock it. And before the fucking, the chainsaws, even out of the tree, I let go. And now I'm like, like sizing it up. I'm like where the fuck is this fucking tree going to fall? And yeah, it falls and I dive out of the way from where the, fucking end kind of pops out. And so I, I get up trees down, fell down facing, <laughs> facing the fucking, uh, downhill. Like I predicted. 
I'm like, Leslie, you almost fucking killed me. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. This is kind of shit you deal with working for the Conservation Corps. Or, you know, I was on, um, like I said, I was stationed or to work um, in Santa Maria. And the most psychopath motherfuckers work there. Like, crazy meth head dudes <laughs> who are just like, tripped me the fuck out. They would... They'd fucking sneak a, a pookie into like, we'd be doing like trail preservation in like Lake Kachuma out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And like where we're working, it's like our fucking boss is like a, a couple miles up the trail and we're just left to ourselves to, to quote unquote work, you know, or I'd be putting a barbed wire fence in like, uh, just in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, you know? Um, and we'd be staking these stakes into, so we could tighten up barbed wire on it. And and like I said, our boss would be miles up the road. We'd be smoking joints and shit, or we'd have a, our work van, which is like, looks like a jail van. And, uh, it's a fucking jail van and it's separated from the driver and the passenger. So we were able to, you know, smoke weed, air it out. If no one snitched us out. We were able to get away with it. There's a fire escape at the top so you could vent it open and smoke would go out. But yeah, we, you know, I'd see people like run into these like public bathrooms in the middle of nowhere on a, on a hiking trail and they'd each go in like one at a time, not all together. So it looks like they're just each taking the, uh, a bathroom break. But as they're going in, there's a fucking, just a giant pookie with a bunch of fucking meth packed in the bowl <laughs> and they're just getting spun the fuck out and watching people do like any kind of work spun when you're sober. It's fucking hilarious. Like, ugh, like I had to build an irrigation system. So like water flowed from like area to area and fucking, um, the dudes I'd work with, they were like digging a hole to China and shit. I'm like, dude, you don't need to dig, dig like that. And they think they're getting all this work done super high myth, but no, that's not the case. Um, so anyway, and, and yeah, weird. Like, dude, I worked with one guy who had, uh, he had a fucking, um, lobotomy or some shit because he had a scar that went on the top of his head over his hair where no hair grew. And it went from ear to ear from where they slice his head open. So they, they, they like took a chunk of his brain out and I'm working with him and, uh, See, he's not all there. Like when you talk to this guy, he has this look in his eyes like, dude, you're going to kill 50 people in your life. I swear to God, he looked psychopath. (laughs) Nothing against him or lobotomies or anything. Don't be offended. But he just acted weird. Like we'd try and get him to like, we'd have sledgehammers and we have to hammer like stakes down in the dunes to put up fence for, like I said, the snowy plover. And he just like, we're like, all right, here's a sledgehammer, hammer these stakes in. And he he looked at the hammer, the sledgehammer in his hands, and he looked at the stakes, and he fucking raised sledgehammer and just had like a brave heart scream and charged at these stakes. He was just like, ah, and fucking swung at at these stakes, like hitting the side of them, bending out of fucking alignment. He had to, ugh, this fucking guy, this dude's psycho. And like the chicks who worked with her psycho too. Like I, I ended up getting drunk and making out with this one girl who liked to drink 
And we had to go to work the next day, and I was just laying in the van, hung over as fuck, just like, oh, God. And she's looking, I was like, Ugh. like, me and my friend we were, uh, she partied with were like, she looks at us like, oh, I'm not even that hungover. You're such a lightweight, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, whatever. We drank a lot of shit. And she was, how will I say this nicely? She's quite promiscuous. And one day she had called me to have sex and I didn't answer, I guess. So she called someone else and ended up having sex with them. So I was like, all right, cool. You had sex, all right. But it ended up happening... We went to work one day and we were working on the, in with state, the state parks on the beach in, um, it was like Oceano beach, Grover beach area. She fucking went to like this little shack of a public bathroom out in the dunes in the middle of nowhere. And she fucked one of the state parks dudes and, uh, ended up getting pregnant and, uh, fuck, I wonder what happened to her. Yeah. She got fucking pregnant getting fucked in a public bathroom in the fucking middle of the, the dunes and the beach. So I don't know. I, I mean, I was probably conceived in some fucked up way too, but that's, oh, it's, it's kind of funny. I don't know. Just me. Anyway. So that's, uh, my fucking dumb bullshit conservation story. Uh, and there you go. Previous prediction, cause 